it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on? I think you've got time, you'll be alright. Hmm? Are we live? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> oh well that was very smooth uh hello and welcome to uh the villa view transfer talk finally we get some transfers and we get a start like that tom julian joined by dan bardell as ever dan what happened i don't know where's the intro where was the graphic what's going on oh, now oh, what's oh, happened oh there we go there we go uh hello very welcome. confused Welcome to Transfer Talk. Not sure about the technical specifics of this one, but finally we have something to talk about, Dan. Um, and actually, it's quite—it's going to be quite a busy show. We've got two signings. Uh, Jack Grudish makes his England debut. Still a few more rumours kicking around uh, the old the old transfer rumour den. Um, and and finally, seems like Villa are starting to to kind of get into transfer gear. Yeah, I think it's obviously the beginning of I'd expect at least three more to be to be coming through the door before before we get to October and the transfer window closing. But it, it's good to get a couple done, especially as last show I did kind of say there'd be there'd be two done in the next week or so. So that that's good. It's validated what I said what I said last week. So that, that's always a good thing. But uh, okay, hang on, hang on. If we're if we're gonna keep you to record, I think you said two by the end of last week, not by the time the next show comes out. Just just for uh, transparency. I was a few days out, obviously, <laughs> but before the next show, a week ago, I said two people would be in and two people are in, so it's not like I'm a million miles away. It's in, and there'll definitely be more to follow as as well. We knew, we pretty much knew last week when we were doing the show, didn't we, that, that May Cash was coming in, and I think 
over the last few days, it's become apparent that whatever's been holding the Watkins deal up, Villa have got it over the line and, and that he was coming in. It was nice to, to wake up this morning and then a few hours later, Watkins had arrived at Bodymore Heath and you see, you've seen all the images and the videos of him coming and meeting Dean Smith and he's, he's a signing that I'm excited about. You're, you're always excited, aren't you, when you sign a forward player because you always start to think, this is the guy that's going to score 20 goals and don't want to put him under loads of pressure, but I'm really excited about him. I think he'll fit in well in the Premier League and I think he'll fit in well at the club. Yeah, regarding your, your prediction of two players, Nicole Johnson says you are close enough, so she's willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. I think we can uh, we can let you off. Should we start with Ollie Watkins then? Because that's the news of today. Um, it's it's probably been the, the rumour that have been linked with Villa the most, I would say, from, from the start of, uh, of the transfer window opening. Dan, you know, we were always after this kind of striker, come winger, come kind of versatile forward player. Um, and, and Ollie Watkins obviously scoring a lot of goals in the championship. Links with Brent, uh, links with Dean Smith from Brentford. It always felt like it was going to happen sooner rather than later. A lot of talk been, uh, been, been said about how much the fee was in the end. 28 million rising to 33 is what's reported. How much does the, does the money matter to you and as a fan and 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 how much should should fans be worried about that kind of stuff well it doesn't really matter to me because it's at the end of the day it's, it's not my money is it so it's it's not a problem i think if you look at it from the point of view that he's got a very in fact he scored the same amount of goals last year in the championship that tammy scored for us in the championship and i don't think watkins takes penalties so if you look at that mm-hmm. if we just spent that money on tammy this time last year or even even this year I think we'd have all been dancing in the streets saying what I saw in that that's money well spent. So 20, 26 goals, it's, that's like a very good achievement. The Championship's a tough league, as we found out over the three years we were in there. So he's proven that he can he can stick the ball in the back of the net. We obviously could have probably had him cheaper 12 months ago, but then he'd never proved himself to the extent that he's proved himself in the 12 months since, if that makes sense. You know, he's playing as a central striker last season, which wasn't something that I think I think he'd done before. He'd previously been playing from, from a wide position. It's good to have that versatility as well, as you say, of someone that can, that can do both. I've actually changed my mind in that I think he's been brought in as our main striker now. I thought he might be the one that was brought in as a as a wide player slash forward. I actually think he'll be our, be our main striker, and I think the next forward player that comes in will be the person that will play wide and then play up front when needed, but it's good to have as many people who can be multifunctional as as possible. But he knows Dean Smith. You could see in that video that was on the, the club Twitter earlier, he was like, finally. So it's obviously been dragging on for a while. I'd imagine it's probably been the fee that's been holding it up because it, it is a lot of money. 28 million must be the one of the highest players to, to be signed from a championship club, especially someone who hasn't played Premier League before. I can't recall anyone going for that for that kind of money that hadn't got Premier League experience before so it is a lot of money and he will be under pressure because we are a demanding fan base we always have been we've got we've got high standards and obviously we hold players to high standards as well and we like a good goal scorer it would be nice to have one because we didn't really have a proper goal scorer last season and if he can even get between 10 and 15 that'll make a massive difference to where we finish yeah yeah Uh, charlie parkman in the comments been robbed with the fee, but with all things considered, goals and versatility, it's a no-brainer. Dean Smith will know uh, how to get the best out of him. Craig Taylor Broad, nice to see us want a player and go out and sign him for once rather than let another uh, club swoop in. And Philly D, 
happy for Exeter as well and the money that they received from the deal. So great for that club as well. You, you, you sometimes forget the kind of knock-on effects that, that these deals can do. Only in championship manager, football manager, do you uh, add a 20% clause on or whatever when, when the when the player's sold on. But that kind of money is, is huge for, for smaller clubs and clubs that are kind of fighting for the fight for their lives sometimes especially in this kind of, kind of current covid situation um it's going to be really important for them as well um a couple of couple of people in the comments down asking what number um uh, uh watkins is, is going to go for 11 i think was was bandied about um i i mean with your encyclopedic knowledge of numbers you've got to immediately think about uh, which number's going on the back of the shirt and which, which number's going on the back of the fan shirts this year. But it made sense for 11, wasn't it? I don't really like Nakamba as, as 11, to be honest. It's not really a defensive midfielder's number. And I think we've got four running running spare as well, so it would have made more sense for him to be number four. I think we were perhaps saving that for Twan Zabe last summer and then it, it never materialised, obviously. I think talking about the Exeter stuff, it's obviously a great thing that it's, it's going to help a lower league team that, as you say, might be struggling a little bit in the current circumstances. But people going on about the fee as well, like the longer the time went on without him signing, the like weaker Villa's position comes and the, and the stronger Brentford's position comes, if that makes sense. So they can demand the fee because Villa needed a, a, someone in before the start of the season. I mean, luckily we've got that that extra week on it on everyone else, so we might even be able to get a couple of more in before that. But we couldn't really be going into the season without having a striker, even for game one. We needed a goal scorer. We needed someone to lead the line for us. And he fits the bill because he's he's quick, he's strong, he scores all kinds of goals, right foot, left foot, headers. He's, he's direct, he can carry the ball. He'll score tappings. I've seen him score goals from outside the box as well. So I think he's obviously got things that he can work on. He's only young. I think I think he's 24. That There'll be things that he, he can hone and Dean Smith will be looking to do that with him and work with him again. But Dean Smith's made him a better player in the first place. At Brentford, he's then gone up another level last season under under Frank, and he'll require different skill sets in the in the Premier League. But I'm confident that, that he's got what's needed, and as I say, I really think he'll fit in. With uh, with with uh, the rumours as well that Josh King still might be a possibility, Dan, is he someone that you'd like to add uh, add to the mix? Still, are we still in the market for a striker? Um, obviously, Newcastle doing their business as well. Uh, is Josh King the next man to come in at Villa Park? I don't know where we're at with it, to be honest. I think there is, there is interest there. I'm not 100% sure whether we've lodged a bid or not, but I think there is definite interest our side. I think at this point in the window, Villa have tried lots and lots of things that, that haven't come off. That That's that's my understanding. That That's what, what I think. I think that they've had big targets, but whilst we've got a massive transfer war chest, I don't think we've got the wage budget in terms of... If we'd got Callum Wilson in, for example, and paid him 110k, which is what I think he's on... Going, going in at Newcastle. Wow. Villa have got players there now that would turn around and say, well, I, I want that. I, I want 110k. So it would have completely broken the, the wage structure. I think Jack's the highest paid player there at the, the moment. Obviously, he should be the highest paid player at the club. He's the best player. He, he's the captain. But it's a bit strange because you've got that massive transfer budget, but I don't think we can compete on a wage front at the moment. And I think that's what's, what's finding us out at the moment. I think that's why we've perhaps been a bit slower than, than people w- would like. Josh King's a good player. I said about a month ago on Twitter, he's someone that I'd definitely like us to have a look at because he ticks the boxes of being playing in two positions. He's got the Premier League experience. He's got a decent record from someone who doesn't play as a central striker 
all the time. He's got that pace like Watkins, which is something we desperately missed at Villa last season. There was literally no pace in the side. We were so one-paced and at times so pedestrian. So having that injection of speed will really, really help us in the new season. Josh King, he ticks boxes for what I would like for a player, but I don't think he ticks the boxes perhaps that the board want in terms of longevity and that in a few years' time, he's obviously going to be in his 30s and you're not going to be able to make any money on him. But we're desperate for some Premier League experience in our setup, and he he ticks that box. I'm still reeling from the fact that that Callum Wilson is is going in on 110k a week. Uh, I know you've been watching it too, the the All or Nothing Spurs documentary. I'm I'm up to the episode where where Danny Rose basically marches into Mourinho's office and says, "Play me or I'm leaving." But I think that's a really interesting episode. If if you guys haven't watched it, uh, the the Spurs All or Nothing documentary about how a transfer window works, and a, you get a little glimpse of of the kind of uh, battles, I guess, that the head of recruitment has to do, that Daniel Levy has to do. And then the players, you know, Danny Rose saying allegedly that, that Newcastle is a is a uh, an all right fit, but he doesn't want to go to Bournemouth. You know, Villa are in a similar situation now where, you know, we're, we're, we, we survived in the Premier League, but we're not a glamorous, potentially glamorous opportunity for for a lot of players as well. Uh, there's the moment, I presume you're up to date. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've watched it all. Where, where he's, he's asking about the Milan interest as well. And it's like, there's a, there's a player element in that as well. Um, so there's so many factors that go into these transfers. But just hearing that, that Callum Wilson is, is up in that kind of range really sets the bar for, you know, the players that we can attract in our current wage structure. It's really hard because whatever we say, money is, is a big driver. Players want to earn as much money as they can because it's it's a short career and they want to stabilise their future because they don't know what they're going to do after football. We'd, we'd all be the same. So I don't think anyone can, can argue with that mentality. But I think we're struggling because I think we have got ambition. I think the owners are very, very ambitious. You, you can't deny that. And in, in some ways, you've got to take baby steps. But I think we're probably showing unrealistic ambition at times. Daniel Daniel Levy said it, didn't he, in the documentary, that if you want to buy players that are better than the players that you have, it's really, really hard to do so. And Villa will be aiming high. But the, fact, the facts are is that Southampton were a club 10 years ago that you'd have said Villa are way bigger than, than Southampton in a, in a much better setup. I mean, Southampton were probably in League One ten, 10 years ago, to be fair. But they've had that sustained period in the Premier League. Now, the three years where we weren't in the Premier League... It was the worst time to get relegated when we got relegated. The money, the TV money, it all just went crazy. And we, we missed out on that. Yes, we got some parachute payments, but it was nowhere near the kind of money that the likes of even Southampton would have been pulling in. So their wage, their wage structure will be far superior to us. So if it comes down to joining Southampton or coming down to joining Villa for a, for a player, they're probably going to choose Southampton because they can, they can t- get more money f- from them because they pay a better wage. So... We're in a difficult position at the moment. I think where we, we want to get better and we want to aim high, but it's going to be really difficult to pull in those top-level players. So we have to try and be clever. I think we tried to be clever last summer. Some of the signings worked, some of them didn't. This feels a bit more like we obviously don't need as much, which is which is a good thing because I don't think there'll be as, as much panic and I don't think we'll be pulling players in from here, there and everywhere. But we've obviously known about Watkins for a while. Cash was probably a relatively straightforward deal for us, although it's relatively big money. But in terms of wages, it's getting in the rest of the players that we're going to want now that it's, it's going to be harder because the, the class players are going to want class wages. And I don't think Villa pay that at the moment. 
Yeah, Holly Jennings, we don't have the pull and uh, oh, well, we're flying off and we can't be offering random players 150k um, it would destroy the dressing room Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a hugely important point, there's so many factors that go into it, so whether it's King Dan or, or whether it's another striker if we do manage to sign somebody else, where does that leave our current three of Wesley, Samatha and Davis do you think? There's talk of Davis going on loan, but to be honest, he's one that, that I'd keep around. It sounds like Samata could be in trouble, to be honest. I think we'd probably not make too much of a, a loss on him. And he, I think we've had about eight million for him, didn't we? we? We might get that back if he was to go somewhere in Turkey or, or somewhere like that. So if I was him, I'd be, I'd be quite worried because he, he never really got going, did he? Yes, he scored in the cup final, but after lockdown, he, he weren't very good at all. Let, let, let's be honest, he just he just looked a little, a little bit lost. So if I was him, I'd be worried because they're not going to cut their losses on Wesley because one, because he's obviously injured at the moment. Two, because they they wouldn't get anywhere near the the money back that they that they paid for him, and they'll believe that there's something there to work with. So, got Watkins now. If they get King or someone else, I think Wesley will be sticking around. That's your that's your three forwards, isn't it? Really, or three people that can play up front. Potentially, you'd want to keep Davis round round the place as well. You've got a couple of youngsters coming through who might be okay as a fourth striker as well. If I was Samata, I think I'd be concerned now. To me, I'd rather see Davis go out on loan and see see what he can do and just get him a run in a first team. Obviously, it's not going to be our first team, particularly if we sign uh, another striker as well. He's just going to be that impact sub. He's going to kind of be somewhere between the 23s and the first team again. Doesn't For me, I, I just feel like he... he is the one player I think in our in our team right now that could really de- develop from from taking a loan move somewhere somewhere where he can get a run of games, get some confidence, and and see what he's all about. Is there any chance that, that that's the move that we see? I haven't had yeah, any ob- interest from him. Yeah, there's obviously that. There's a chance. I've I've seen a couple of links with Preston. I, I don't know myself how true that is. I get what you're saying, but in a way, it's like two years too late, three years too late. That loan, he's, he's 21, 22 now, Keenan and Davis. The loan should be coming way before then. And it comes down to, again, we've spoke about it many times, and it's not the current regime's fault at all. Villa's handling of young players over the years, it's not been brilliant. And that's why people that were hot prospects and, and people that we had high hopes for have just ended up just contracts running out and, and leaving the club and never really going on to do anything because their development's been stunted because they've not had those loan moves. They've not been afforded the chance. The other thing you've got to bear in mind is that Davis is probably happy to be in and around the 18, being on the bench one week, maybe not being on the bench the next week, starting in cup games. I don't think Samata's going to be happy with that. He's a more established player, isn't he? So they'll make money on Samata as well. It helps balance the books a a little bit as well. He's probably on higher wages. So to me, it just makes more sense that Samata would be the one to go. And to be honest, I think that's what will end up happening if we get another one through the door. I get that. I certainly get that from a financial standpoint and trying to keep people happy. But my the argument I would say for for letting Davis go out on loan is a long term investment in in him and his career. And you know, I think he signed a one year or a two year extension at the end of last year, end of last season. So you know, we do have that opportunity to send him out on loan, see what he's made of. And, and then bring him back. And, and if he is a prospect, I know there's a few comments. And I think ever since ever since we've been doing this podcast, um, there's been people on either side of the fence of, of Davis. You know, we've always been quite um, quite fiercely defensive of him. Um, I like him. 
and believe that there is a good quality player there. He lacks that goal-scoring instinct, but the only way we're going to see that is if he has a run of games, um, and, and that has to be away from Villa Park. It'd be very interesting to see what happens with Keenan Davis in, in the next couple of weeks, um, but, but hopefully... Hopefully he he stays around the club, maybe goes away for a little period, and then we get him back and see the best of him. Um, the other side. Do, do you not that... think that? Do you not think that we know what Davis is? Do you not think? I think he's got a couple of levels to go in in terms of overall game, but I don't think he's ever going to be that prolific marksman. Okay. I, I I think I think we know what Keenan Davis is now, if that makes sense. So, what is alone going to make that much difference? I I think it is. Yeah, I I think there's. I think he's still got a fair way to go in terms of his overall development and a big part of that is playing every week and we see how he how he handles being a number nine at a club and I think you, you kind of talk two sides of that there where you said he's got a couple of levels to go but he's never going to be a prolific marksman for me if he is going to be a Premier League or even a championship centre forward he's going to have to add goals to his game and I think there is a there is a um, element of confidence in there that he hasn't had because he hasn't scored at Villa, um, and I think the, the exciting and frustrating thing for me about Davis is that he gets into the positions, and he's so he's been so close to being on the end of a couple of things, and whether it's concentration or it's just fluffing his lines, it just hasn't gone right for him. I feel like maybe a, a different club or a um, it takes a step down to go back up. He might be able to add that to his game with a with a full season of regularly playing, not just kind of bit part playing. Then then maybe he can add that to his game. I'm not saying that he's always he's going to be a Premier League centre forward because I don't know that, but I um, I do think a loan would would be beneficial, and we may see a, the development of a player because of that. I just think his all round game is actually very good. He does a lot of things very, very well that you want a centre-forward to do, plays on his own up front. It's just that killer instinct and that final thing, which is obviously a big thing, of putting the ball in the back of the net. But I, I kind of just feel there's more benefit in keeping keeping him around because he's something different. He's a, he's a good player to bring on when you're protecting a lead. He's a good player perhaps to bring on if you're chasing a game as well because he brings other people into play. And he'll be something different to any other forward that, that we have at the club. And I, I think Smith rates him very highly as well. I just think... He will probably end up staying, and it'll be some asset that get that gets sold, and he's the one we lose. Because if you're asking me at the moment who I'd rather bring bring off the bench, I'd, I'd say Davis over some matter for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. But then I think if we bring in another striker as well, we're going to have a couple of different options ahead of even Samata or Davis. Um, so depending on depending on where Watkins plays or, or how it all lines up, it's it's going to be interesting. I think there's pros and cons, um, and I, I'm I'm really kind of basing that on a hope that Davis does have that extra extra gear and all he needs is a little bit of time to 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 find that. But we shall see. I think I think I've got a thought. I've got a final thought. I mean, this is definitely turning into the Kane and Davis show here. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. I, I think what I can probably envisage happening when I, when I think about it, which I haven't done until we've obviously ended up talking to him here, is Wesley isn't going to be back for a month or two. Is a so Keenan going in this window would probably be a bit of a stupid move from the club, I would say. You'd then maybe look at it in January if Wesley's fit again. But you've then got your three people that can play up front and maybe then you loan Keenan in January. For me, that's that's what I'd do. That's just my opinion now. Let's see what, what Smith and the team say. Uh, we've still got a, a month 
ish just under now until till the window closes so uh so let's see what happens there um let's get back to the actual transfers then and the first one that came through the door of body more heath was matt cash we talked quite a lot about him last week dan um hoping that it would happen it did uh nottingham forest fans full of praise for for cash and everything he's done for the club he he seemed to leave on on great terms and uh, excited to, to see him start. I, I don't think we need to get too much into the specifics of him again, but the kind of knock-on effects as well that it'll have um, now the reports going that, that Freddie Gilbert may be on his way out of the club. How do you see the whole defensive dynamic looking right now? I was initially quite surprised by, by that when I saw it and from the looks of it and what I hear, it does look as if Gilbert is, is being forced out. It's, it's pretty obvious he doesn't want to go and that he wants to stay and fight for his place. But the simple facts are that you've got three right backs. He's probably not going to, not going to get a game at any point. And they've got the young kid Kessler coming through as well, who, who Dean Smith rates highly. So it's going to be difficult for Gilbert to, he might, he may well stay up, stay around if he chooses to, that's his, his prerogative. I mean, he's, he's on a contract here. So he, if he chooses to do that, he doesn't have to accept anything, does he? But he strikes me as the type that, that will want to play football, but I think he just wanted to clarify his position on social media by the looks of things that he wasn't looking to leave. It was more that Villa wanted him to leave. So I feel a bit sorry for him because we often slam players for loyalty and, and things like that as football fans. But there's a player there that wants to be at the club, says, says he loves the club and it's, it's a two-way street, isn't it? And Villa, are, it looks like Villa are the ones that are instigating the move. So I do feel sorry for him. He's, he seems to have a mixed opinion, mixed opinion about him across the Villa fan base. I actually quite like him. I don't know whether it's just because oh, I love people that like a slide tackle because I like a slide tackle myself and and Gilbert's Gilbert's definitely someone that, that likes to tackle and loves to slide in. But he had bad games. He had some good games as well. The one thing about him was he he had a little bit of pace, which was something that was as I said earlier was severely lacking across the side. They obviously think Cash is a is a massive upgrade. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone out and paid good sign when players leave and the fans of the club that he's leaving a waxing lyrical about, about him. I mean, I think we saw that with McGinn when, when we saw him McGinn. I remember seeing it with Connor as well with the Barnsley fans. So I think, you know, you're onto something good when they kind of get the, get the best wishes from, from the club that they're leaving because that, that is quite rare. It would make more sense, wouldn't it, from an age perspective that Elmo be the one that's moved on. But Elmo has got a, a heavy influence in the dressing room. He's very well thought of in the dressing room and he's got that experience as well, which is something that the squad doesn't really have on, on the whole. So... He'll be kept around for another year. He's got a year on his contract. Maybe they're looking at it as if to say Kessler's ceiling under, underneath is higher than Gilbert's. So they let Kessler stay as the third choice right back for a year, learn off the two right backs that are there. And in a year's time, when Elmo's contract runs out, Kessler's ready to compete with Cash for the right back place. So I guess that's the way the club are looking at it. But I obviously, I don't know because I don't work at the club. We certainly do not. No, uh, the Hobbitron basically asked that exact question. Why would you keep Elmo over uh, Gilbert? And I think that's obvious. And, and and the resale value, that's something we were talking about before with Samata. You know, you're, you're going to get a lot more money potentially for Gilbert than you would for, for Elmo Hamidi. Uh, Gilbert came out on, on Instagram yesterday or the day before, Dan. I don't know if you saw it, saying that he was yeah. happy at the club, that he was happy in Birmingham. Hashtag not homesick um and uh he obviously wants to to stay fight for his place but i think i think you're right you know when you've got uh two three four right backs and uh and not enough center forwards then then that's going to be a problem gareth southgate doesn't seem to think so uh, no. but, <laughs> but um it, it, 
it will be an issue and and you know Gilbert's not going to be happy being second choice if they brought in Matty Cash you know he's not he's not an old player he's he's been brought in to play and to play for the next few years so it's getting crowded in that position something's got to something's got to give Gilbert a, a right midfield role do you see it or, or do you just think it's easier to kind of get rid and start again he's not going to play right midfield he hasn't he hasn't got enough going forward to play as a, as a midfielder I would say in, ter- in terms of passing ability and creativity I don't I don't think I see him as a as a right midfielder at all he might back himself Gilbert that he can he can change a manager's mind I mean look at talking to right backs that trying to be forced out Alan Hutton was trying, we pretty much trying to get rid of him for five six years weren't we? And we, we just we just couldn't do it and he and he forced his way back in maybe Gilbert sees himself as an Alan Hutton type and backs himself to, to get get himself back in back in the fold and get himself back in the team, you just you never know. I mean, this thing with right backs, haven't we? Steve Bruce loved the right back as well. Then we have like one left back and four right backs and two centre backs at at one point. Like we were said to always have this thing with right backs at Villa. I prefer not to think about it to be honest. I'm not sure Gilbert wants to think about himself as the new Alan Hutton too much either. Uh, I think yeah. he, if if yeah. that. If that's the well, if that's the career path he's going on, I think he should aim his aim his height slightly higher. Legend Alan Hutton, but but did have to work for it with the Villa fans, like you I think, said. I think I think Alan Hutton's probably pretty happy with how his career turned out. I would say. Uh, can he trap a ball like Tom Julian? That's the real question. Who, who can? Not even Ronaldo can, according to your social media. That's the real quiz. Um, all right. So so who's next through the door? In the comments, we've seen Aratica, we've seen uh, Buendia. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of that guy. <laughs> he he keeps uh, he keeps popping up, and apparently there's still a 25 million bid uh, in the offing. Is it is it him? Is it uh, is it Buendia who who's still at, at Norwich currently? Uh, are we looking at goalkeepers? Where where's the next position coming from? What do you think? I would say goalkeeper. I think I think Campwell's probably more likely than Buendia. I, I would say. That's what, that's what I think. I, w- I would say Cantwell, would, and I don't think he's particularly likely at the moment, but I would say he would be more likely than, than Buendere. Again, it comes down to the fact he can play centrally and, and wide. I think Buendere pretty much is, is right midfield and, and that's your lot with him. Goalkeeper will be the, be the next one through the door. I think, I, think, I think we're making progress with Martinez. I think we're getting closer to Arsenal's valuation, but I think Arsenal are quite willing to sell him, to be honest. I think they rate him very highly and they don't want him to go, but I think out of respect to him, and I have respect to the fact that he's been there so long, never managed to establish himself. He's done well for them when he came in as a backup last season. I think I have respect to him. If we pay the fee, they'll let him go. I understand he, he wants to come because he wants to be a number one in his own right. It's something that he's never been able to do. At Arsenal, he's got ambitions to play for his country. So at 27, he's probably got to start making moves now. But the big thing will be for them, they're not going to let him go unless they've got a replacement because... It would be absolutely naive to do that. I mean, we've seen Villa do that a few times over the years. Like when we let let Tommy Elphick go the season before last without lining up, thinking we were getting a replacement in, and then the replacement pulled out. We'd already let Elphick go, and we left with no centre back. So mm-hmm. Arsenal won't do anything until they they're certain they've got a replacement goalkeeper, and I think that's pretty sensible from their point of view. He's a goalkeeper that that I really like. It would be interesting to see what happened when Heaton comes back, but. Heaton's had a lot of injuries over the last few years. I think I think we probably knew that he was fairly injury prone when we signed him, but the fact that he's a very good goalkeeper probably over overrid the feelings of fear over his injuries. But another bad injury to add to it, 
it, it's a lot, isn't it? And he's going to need time to get back up to speed as well. The backup to him has got a pretty bad history with injuries as well in, in Jed Stair. I think Nealand will be moved on. God knows if we'll manage to shift Kalinic on the wages that he's on, but I'm sure we'll, we'll absolutely try to do that. So it makes sense. And to, it would be a big statement, I think, to get someone of Martinez in from a big from a big club like Arsenal, a club that's always in the top six. I think that would be a big statement from the club. And it's someone who's who's on the up as well. You're not signing someone from a big club that's on the way down. His stock's never been higher. He's just come off the back of a really good post-lockdown post, uh, uh, run of form. He was very, very good for Arsenal. Every time I watched him, I thought, wow, this guy is good. His distribution spot on as well. He's got a really unique kicking technique. He's big. He's got a massive presence. He loves the distribution, this guy. I, you know I always love the distribution. But this way, have you seen his kicking? This is, yeah. this is proper unique. It's <laughs> like, a, like the way Kudachini used to slice the ball out, but it's really low and driven. So it's quite, quite unique, and I, I like that. He's someone I'm very keen that we get, and I think the club are very keen to get him in as well. We shall see. Yeah, it's very, very important. I think you're right. Do we have a Do we have an estimation for when Heaton should be available? I think it's the first month or so of the season, so it's maybe three or four games. But it's it's a big ask to just chuck him straight back in in the Premier League. I would say it's a reason to stay in the in the Carabao Cup, isn't it? Is to you get to give players that perhaps need fitness and time to get going again. Even Wesley, when he comes back, it's a chance to blood them without it being in the, in the Premier League and without it being the under twenty three. So. I suggest we try and stay in the Carabao Cup as long as we can. That's the dream. Uh, one player that we talked about earlier on in this in this little series um, and seems to again be making making waves again with a potential Villa sway is is Ben Rama, um, another Brentford boy, um, and and now the first one's gone. Maybe the exodus is is happening at Brentford. Do you see any likelihood of, of Ben Rama making his way to B six? I mean, there's definitely been interest over the last 12 to 18 months in Ben Rama. There's, there's no denying of that. The club have definitely held an interest in him, but I just can't see it now. I don't see us chucking another between 20 and 30 million at Brentford, mm. if, if I'm being perfectly honest. And I think we need that player now that can that can play wide and up front, and he isn't that player. I th- I probably think we'll get three in, three more. That, and maybe I'm being a little bit conservative there. People I speak to within the club have said five. But I would say, so probably be four. Now that would make sense, wouldn't it? Somewhere, somewhere in between. But I think goalkeeper definitely. I think winger slash forward, someone of someone of King's ilk, and I think we'll go in for a central midfield player at a proper number eight as well for relatively big money if we can. But I think we're struggling to to find someone again due to wages at the moment. I think we're looking on the continent for that player at the moment. Right. I don't see Ben Rama. I, I think it would have happened by now. I just can't see. I think someone like West Ham will step in with a week to go, or on the last day of the window, or something, and they'll just pay the money and he'll go there. That, that's what I can say. Could be. I think there's, there's. I mean, there's still a bunch of Premier League clubs that aren't doing huge amount of business as yet. Um, it's it's been a very uh, timid window for obvious reasons, um, and and there are still a lot of dominoes to to fall yet. Um, one domino that we hope isn't going to fall, and it, it's it's all gone pretty quiet on the Jack Grealish transfer transfer wheel. Do you think the fact that he, he got on for England and, and now he's been involved in, a, in an England camp, do you think that starts up again? Or does it affect, you know, there's there's been a bit more Manchester United, Jalen Sancho chat again in the last kind of couple of days. How, how do you see the Jack Grealish picture currently? I just think with the Man U stuff, I think probably around... I don't, I'm not saying they were trying to sign him in January because they wouldn't have been. And obviously, they they got Fernandez in in January. But I think 
between January, February, and March, I think Manu did hold an interest in him, and I think, I think they would have they would have thought we'll we'll go and get him in the summer. Villa will probably go down. He's someone we can look at. I think a lot of people in who would who would know, and a lot of people who who work for reputable uh, companies were saying it's going to be Sancho or Grealish, Sancho or Grealish. If they're going for Sancho, no one even considered Van der Beek going to, to Manu. So where does he fit? I just don't think there's a fit there for him at, at the moment. Man City don't seem to have an interest in him. Spurs won't ever pay the money. So where does he go? I just I just don't see that there's anywhere for him to go at the, at the moment. He's obviously made the England breakthrough whilst at Villa and like everyone else, I was absolutely buzzing last night. I felt so proud that Jack Grealish was playing for England. It felt like something that we'd all been waiting for for, for such a long time. Went straight on the Nike website after the game and bought the shirt, even though I absolutely hate it. Because I was going to say that. You I just quite, quite a come down after last. I know. Week. I don't like it. I don't like the shirt, but I just wanted to get commemorate the fact that he'd he'd done that, and everyone was so all the Villa fans and his family and everyone are so, are so proud of of what he's what he's achieved. I don't think I've ever been prouder watching a Villa player play for England. It was it was a really really great thing to sit there and and watch last night. Just shame it was only fifteen minutes. It's a shame it was probably one of the worst games of football. I've ever watched, but I just think he's going to end up staying at Villa. But the England stuff just seems a bit weird because it just felt like Southgate just felt like he had to give him 15 minutes. And I like Gareth Southgate. I'm not one of those people that's going to go around on social media slagging Gareth Southgate off. But I've seen some clips today of interviews and stuff, and I thought, no, oh, that that must have been edited. That can't have been like that. But that there weren't. So there's something awry somewhere. What on earth was that interview? If you haven't seen it, you know it's it's clipped quite quite quickly. But the question is. What did you make of uh, of Jack Grealish's performance? And he starts off talking about moving Mason Mount around and how important Mason Mount was for for thirty seconds of whatever the rest of the question is. Um, that's that the that's the lead off that Southgate's got. And you know, I think there there must be with all of these things, it always snowballs, right? So it's the 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 kind of rumours and the stories and everything that you hear. It's not usually as bad as as you think it is, and yet. The, the block between Southgate and Grealish just seems to be continuous and every opportunity Southgate has to, to not not praise or not play or not include uh, Jack Grealish, he takes it. And it just, it just seems madness to me, you know, not even yeah. as, a, as a Villa homer. It just seems a weird, weird move. I mean, in fairness to Southgate, I did see his interview on Skolstra after the game and he did praise Jack. So I sat there and watched that. So that that definitely happened. I don't know whether he's getting fed up of being asked about him at that at that point because Jackie's box office media outlets across the country want to know about him and want to ask about him because he, he's that good. Now I like Mason Mount. Mason Mount is a very very good player, but to me I think there's there's levels. So I see Mount as being here. Ali and Madison are probably in the in the rung above him. I would say, and I think Jack's at the t- at the top level of of those players. I think he's better than all those players. That's I don't care what anyone says. That, that I can take my Villa hat off, and I know I genuinely believe that. I think he's an absolute class act. I think he's so unique. I think even in the 15 minutes he was on the pitch last night, he just offered something so different. He went yeah. on that run, and it was the most exciting thing I'd seen in the whole game. He did more in that 15 minutes than a lot of players did across the 90. I just think even opposition fans are coming around to the fact this guy should be in the team, not just in the squad, not just coming on. This guy should be in the team, but... Southgate kind of like praised Foden for his versatility earlier on in the week, but then it seems to be something that then he's working against Jack. He's 
claim that Jack's up against Sterling and he's up, up against Sancho, but they're different types of players. And in international football, England have been crying out for a player like Jack for absolute years, for probably decades. We haven't had that player who, when you're struggling to break a team down, can just come and do that little bit of magic, do something different, someone that can buy free kicks. And that's why I'm saying he's in a different he's at a different level to Ali, Madison, Mount, who are all players that I rate and all players that I like. Jack's better than them. Jack should be in the England team. And that, to me, that's fact. Captain K says the best English number 10. Philly D says, never mind Jack. Why is Southgate picking uh, Eric Dyer over Mings? Another fair question. Yeah, that was that. If, three, if you're playing three at the back, Dyer played the game before as well. Like Mings is crying out to be on the outside left of that back three. I mean, Carragher and I think it was Carragher who was really, really banging that drum last night and Gary Neville was disagreeing with him for a bit, but I thought Carragher was, was spot on. And again, it's not because i got a Villa hat on. It's just simple. He's left-footed. Having someone who's left-footed on the left side of a back three just enables you to do a whole lot more with the football. When, you, when you're knocking the ball around, it enables you to open up gaps a bit more. It enables you to move quicker because he's already got the ball on, on the left foot. So that made no sense either, but not a lot about that game last night made sense, to be honest. It was a dull, bizarre evening of international football, I thought. It certainly was, yeah. Very turgid and uh, a, yeah. weird, a weird formation start with, with squad. Um, and, I mean, he, he wanted to try something new and uh, hopefully he's, he's worked out that Southgate, he, he never wants to do that again. So uh, that's that's the one lesson you can take from, from I that. I like that system. It's a good system. Gary Neville was saying that. It is a good system. But it just yeah. we didn't have the we didn't we didn't have the personnel to play it, and I was confused by the way he was like. I guess he's trying to motivate his players, but he was like raving about people who I just thought. I mean, I, again, I like Conor Cody, but was he that good? Was he did he do anything that great? I thought he was he, he was one of the better players last yeah, night. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying he wasn't, but Southgate was talking about him like he came in and completely reinvented the wheel <laughs> in the centre of that back three last night, and I I, I didn't see that, and even Mount. I don't really think Mount did anything. I just think England started to play a little bit better when Mount was on the pitch, which might be a coincidence. It might be because Mount came on, but he was talking about him playing in that central position. He just benefited because he was a player that's better going forward. We had two, essentially, other centre-backs sat in front, in front of, the back, of the back three, didn't we? So there was essentially five centre-backs on the pitch at that time. So having someone who's a bit better with the ball at the feet in Mount was always going to help in that position. But just... I thought Jack did more in the 15 minutes than anyone did. Yeah, I agree. To put a bow on it, I just I remember. I think it must have been two thousand and ten, two thousand and eleven, when um, Scotland lined up with no with no striker. I think they were playing Czech Republic or someone like that, and they went like five four or, or five five or something like that. It was it was absolutely shambolic. And I think they lost two nil in the end, so it didn't it didn't work. But it just felt like we were just we were parking the bus essentially. But uh, yeah. I sensed your struggle there when you were saying that they played without a striker and then you went five. <laughs> 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 Couldn't work out the numbers. Yeah, there's no coming back from that, is there? <laughs> um, is there anyone else, Dan, before we go, that you want to mention quickly in, in, a, in a quick fire transfer uh, round? Anyone that's exciting you? Anyone that's potentially uh, we, we've got eyes on? No, I think we've covered it really. I mean, I touched on the number the number eight thing. There's there's definitely a need for a number eight because if you look at our midfield three at the moment as it stands, I mean, if you look at our first eleven as it stands at the moment, our best eleven, I would say 
I'm, I'm discounting people that are injured. So I would say at the moment it's steering goal, Cash, Conser, Mings, Target, Louise, Connor, McGinn, uh, Trezor, Gay, Watkins, Jack. So after that, there doesn't feel a lot on the bench, and especially in central midfield. You're then looking at Nakamba and La- and Lansbury. We need we need another number eight. We need another option in there, and I think we are looking heavily for one. And that's a position they've identified that they want to spend big on. It's just finding that right player. And again, these things seem to be t- be taking time. Perhaps ambitions are too high with the wage structure as well. But I think a, a, a proper number eight is definitely lacking from the squad. Well, let's see. Let's see what next week brings because next week does bring uh, does bring Premier League football. You know, the next time the next time uh, we're talking live, we'll be talking about Premier League football. And this season, we are going to do something a little bit different. Um, before each Premier League week, we're going to do a Premier League predictions. Dan versus Tom. Um, it's not going to be live. We're going to put it up on YouTube and a, a couple of other places, I guess, as well. Um, and, and we're going to keep a running tally over the year. So make sure you join in with that as well. We'll we'll um, we'll, we'll have to review the scores each week as well, and we'll, it, we'll 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 take into your predictions as well. We'll take those into account and see what we can do. Uh, you can also join our fantasy league. I think the information is on the bottom just there. Make sure if you're playing fantasy football, you're in the Villa View League. We're trying to get a few prizes and whatnot sorted for that as well. So um, should be good fun. I actually need to put the team together because I haven't even given it a second's thought as yet. That's how confident I am. I did my uh, first draft yesterday. Your first draft? Yeah. Just Getting to get it. something down. Just to get something. It's hard. It's really hard this year. I, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm not sure I'm gonna have much time for more than one draft. So, uh, so let's see how that goes. I'm definitely not gonna be putting any money on you winning that league. I, I wouldn't. And if I'm still playing by mid-November, then you know I'm doing pretty well in there. All right, let's call it a day. Um, we'll be back next week with more content. As always, look out for the Premier League prediction show as well. Uh, that's going to come up obviously before the start of the season. Um, other than that, Dan, all we need to do is remain patient, wait for a couple more signings to come in, and uh, and then we get our season started next weekend. Next weekend, not this weekend. That's what I said. Oh, you said is that? Oh, you said I couldn't. I cut out. I couldn't hear. Couldn't hear you. Properly. We're going to finish this just as well as we started. I think. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, did we? Did we start? We don't know. Who, who knows? This could have all yeah. been for nothing. Uh, so let's let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much for watching. For getting involved, we massively appreciate it. Join us again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.